Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change, like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir, mmm, yeah, I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois, and by Michael Elwood of Remax First Service, serving the Chicagoland area. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome into a special free agency edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau coming to you live tonight from NBC Tower in Chicago. And with me, as always, is the one and only Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score. Jay, we wanted to do a bit of a free agency preview this weekend, but the Blackhawks have seemingly made it their mission to make all of their moves before July 1 is hit, and they made another one today, trading back for forward Andrew Shaw from the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for a couple of draft picks. Uh, You know what? Before we get into the reaction from everyone else about the trade, I am dying to hear what does noted hockey expert Jay Zawoski think of the trade? Well, you're you're as much an expert as I am, but it's I I think that when you looked at what the Blackhawks needed, they needed one more piece that could fill out their top six. Okay, and Andrew Shaw is probably not the ideal top six. Right. Some of the names we've heard have been Joe Pavelski and Anders Lee. And, um, you know, guys like that. There's been some other names on that list that 
are apparently going to be a lot more expensive. You saw Joe Pavelski went for three years, $7 million to Dallas. That, that's that's a, that's a comical AAB. It's comical. irresponsible. And, yeah, Joe Pavelski's a great name, and he's a really good player. And I would have loved to have him on the Blackhawks for a year, maybe two, for five or six million dollars. But three years at seven million is a mistake. I don't care who you are, how you want to spin it. This is a number one of the another one of those Jim Nil. Look at the Dallas Stars winning the offseason thing. This is not a good contract. It's going to bite them in the ass. They're not going to win. Anyway, back to Shaw. So, like I said, you're looking to fill out your top six with a, with a player that can be serviceable there. You bring in a guy. What, what are so? What are the other things the Blackhawks needed this offseason? Right, that that Jeremy Calton and Stan Bowman have both said, keeping in mind the priority of having to bring back potential fifty goal scorer Alex DeBrinkett. He's on the team. People just seem to forget there are actual good players on this team, and nearly point per game player Dylan Strom last year. Both these guys need new contracts after this season. Okay, so to bring in a Joe Pavelski at three years, seven million would have been bad. Instead. Is, Joe, is Andrew Shaw as good as Joe Pavelski? Absolutely not. But you bring in a guy who is a right-handed shot. You only have one of those on your forward ranks with uh, Debrinkit. Okay, there's need number one. You bring in a guy that can play on the power play, a guy who can play on the penalty kill, a guy who's decent at face-offs but can also play wing. You got a guy who's physical. You got a guy who's a proven playoff performer. And you got a guy who knows the organization. That's a lot of boxes to check. For $3.9 million. And you see Richard Panic is getting 2.9 from Washington. Is Andrew Shaw a million dollars better than Richard Panic? Yes, he absolutely is. Is Joe Pavelski twice the player Andrew Shaw is right now? And will he be in three years? No, he won't. So it's just, I don't know. I know we want to play fantasy hockey here and sign all the big names all the time to all the money. But then in two, three years, when one of your favorite young players has to go, Everyone's going to pan Stan Bowman for, well, you never should have paid Joe Pavelski for two years. That's ridiculous. You never you never should have paid Anders Lee a five-year deal for $7 million or whatever it's going to be. These guys are going to be expensive. And look, if they're able to move Anisimov tomorrow, maybe they are a player for a big player. And a guy like Anders Lee, I wouldn't mind for long term because he's young. But to get mad and to say this is a bad move, there's no objective way to look at this and say it's a bad move. You may have wanted a bigger name. We all did. But when you look at the logistics and the long view of this move, you've got a potential top six, an absolute top nine proven playoff performer that can play on every unit of your team for three more years and $3.9 million. To me, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I think like to me, the the big question that really comes up is what role do you want Andrew Shaw to fill? And you hit on several of the things that they're going to ask him to do. They're going to ask him to be a second or a third line forward. And the, the reality is he can play second line center in a pinch if they need him to. But do they, they may not need him to with the moves that they've made to kind of shore up that position. So there's one thing that they've checked off the power play thing that you were talking about. They need a guy who's going to get to the front of the net and score 
the kind of goals that, you know, Joel Quenville always loved so very much. And the reality is in today's NHL, you need a guy to be able to score those goals. And Andrew Shaw can do it. I love the fact that he's 27 years old. I love the fact that his his AAV is less than four million bucks. I guarantee you if he hit the free agent market today, I said this on Twitter today. I guarantee you he'd be seeking a contract in the ballpark of six to seven million bucks. Are you comfortable paying a guy that much? I think that this is a better deal than that. It's a better deal than, like you said, guys have been getting handed the Joe Pavelskis, the Richard Panics. The money that's going to get thrown around this offseason is going to be stupidly spent. Well, and Stan I Bowman, promise you, because it always happens it's, that it, way. It's already happened. You've got a lot of names falling in. Matt Duchesne's getting $8 million a year. That seems low, honestly. I thought he was going to get more than that. I think Matt Duchesne's a nice player, but he, I think his name has always outshined his actual performance on the ice i don't that's th- a fair point jeff skinner also just got nine million dollars a season don't forget i mean look that's a lot of money and these are good players i'm, I'm not i'm not saying they're not good i'm not trying to jeff skinner's them. maxed out at what 63 points you're telling me that's worth nine million bucks a yeah. season i mean no we, it isn't right we have to keep in mind here and this is what sam bowman i just just got off the press conference call with the blackhawks listening in on it and Bowman basically said, like, you guys are going to see tomorrow some of the crazy deals that are going to get announced. And that's my best source, the one who's been on it all offseason, that's nailed, that's made me look smart, told me, look, we've been shopping for these guys. The prices are insane. So this is the move we made right now. It doesn't mean they're, it doesn't mean they're done. It doesn't mean they're not going to do anything tomorrow. But I think you could probably cross off adding one of those high-priced free agents, and it might be the better thing to do. Well, look, okay, like what what moves have they made this offseason? Let's look at them in some total. The Blackhawks were coming into this offseason with a great deal of cap space. The thing was they had a ton, a ton of needs. And I am not going to be stupid enough to sit here and say that Calvin DeHaan and Oli Mata and Andrew Shaw address all of the needs that you walked into the offseason with. I'm not a of fool. Course not. I get that. But – when you consider the money that's going to get thrown around starting tomorrow, and when you consider the term and the money that the Blackhawks have given to these three players that have added some significant depth to this roster, if you look at it, just a big block of guys that they've added to this roster and the guys that they've subtracted, the reality is the Blackhawks may not have gotten a star caliber player, but they've sure as hell gotten a lot deeper and they have addressed some of the needs. There are still needs that need to be addressed questions that need to be asked but the reality is is that the Blackhawks looked at this market realized the insane money and term that was going to get thrown around and so they jumped the market and they started making trades and honestly a second round pick this coming year and a third round pick the year after or whatever it ends up being isn't a high price to pay for a $3.9 million a season player. And now we can ask a lot of questions about Andrew Shaw. I'm sure we're going to get into that here. Mm -hmm. But I think at first blush, when you look at this contract, I wasn't overly enamored with the move when it was first announced. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that in this market, in this current NHL, I think it makes a lot more sense than a lot of people seem to think that it's making. Well, and and you met, you mentioned a good point about how bringing in Olimata and bringing Calvin DeHaan and bringing Andrew Shaw addresses your team depth. And make no mistake, that was the issue last year. That was the issue. Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane had career years. 
Alex DeBrink had scored 40-plus goals. Dylan Strome was nearly a point-per-game guy. You, Brandon Saad had a bounce-back season, right? You had high-end offensive talent. You had a great offensive year from Eric Gustafson. But beyond that, you had John Hayden out there. And you had Jan Ruda out there. And you had Slater Cuckoo out there. These guys are not NHL players. They're just simply not. They're nice in a pinch if you've got an injury They can come up and play a little bit, and they can contribute. The Hawks had almost half their roster of players like that. Carl Dahlstrom is a fine player. He's a really nice six or seven or seven or eight defenseman. He is not your shutdown pairing defenseman, which is where they had him last year. He's just not. You bring in DeHaan, everyone seems to like that move, and you should. He's a good player. You got him for two guys you weren't going to have back anyway. People are on the fence about Olimata. Fine. The fact is he's a two-time Stanley Cup winner. He's played a big part on both those teams. Yes, he had a bad season last year, and people are really, really quick to point that out. But guess what? These same people are the ones that won't give Andrew Shaw credit for his career year last year, saying, well, no, 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 that's only a one-year sample size. You can't have it both ways. Does last year count or not? right? (laughs) That's the frustrating thing. People just sort of cherry pick the argument to fit their mood about the thing. Mata had a bad year last year. The two years before that were great. Okay. Andrew Shaw had a career last year. Will he have it again? Maybe not. He probably won't get as much time on the top lines here as he did in Montreal. But guys, we have seen what Andrew and girls, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, whatever. Um, (laughs) But we've seen what Andrew Shaw can do. He's proven in the playoffs. He gives them what they lack, and Sam Bowman said as much, and him and Cowden have said it all offseason. We score a lot of pretty goals. We need some dudes that can score some ugly goals, and Shaw has scored some of the ugliest in Blackhawks history. He certainly has, and I think that we've obviously hit on a lot of the questions that people are going to have about where the Blackhawks stand in free agency right now, just in terms of uh, money and in terms of the depth of their roster. The Blackhawks do still have $8 million in salary cap space right now. Yes, that's only for 18 players under contract, but when you look at the guys that they're going to kind of shuttle in and out, realistically, you're probably looking at about... Six million, maybe a little bit more than that in free agency. And that's assuming they don't make any other moves. And I think that's a bad assumption at this point. I still think that there is a possibility they free up at least a couple more million bucks if they really want to go out and address a need or two in this offseason. The big question that I have right now that kind of hasn't been answered, the one that isn't necessarily just about dollars and cents, is where this leaves the Blackhawks in terms of the guys that are going to fill out the rest of the roster spots that they have. They only have probably eight or nine guys that you're guaranteeing are going to be in the NHL next season when you're looking at strictly forwards. And I think that Andrew Shaw maybe knocks out a few of the guys that they were maybe considering uh, filling those roles with. I mean, I'm looking at a cap friendly right now, and I look at guys like Dominic Kubalik, who I think is really going to have a shot to make the team next season. I really think Kirby Doc is going to have a chance to make the team next season. The guys that I'm looking at that Andrew Shaw might end up knocking off this list and might end up forcing the Blackhawks to maybe make some other moves this offseason are your Dylan Securas, your Matthew Highmore, your Mackenzie Entwistles. Those are good issues to have when you're looking at those guys, those depth fourth line pieces. If Andrew Shaw is forcing those guys further down the list, that can only be a good thing for your squad, at least as far as I'm concerned. 
Yeah. It, look, it, you said it earlier. Depth, depth, depth. That's what matters. And now Dylan Secura with Andrew Shaw here. Dylan Secura is not the guy you have to go, maybe we play him on the top six just because of his skill set. No. If you get in a jam in the top six, Andrew Shaw goes in there instead and can fulfill that role. Then you can de- develop Dylan Secura correctly and let him get his offense to NHL level and make the jump when he's ready or learn on the I third and fourth I can't believe we're lines. still talking about this and he's 24 years old. I know. It's because he looks 12. That's the problem. That, that's accurate. All right. By the way, I do have some good news for Blackhawks fans. You ready? Sure. Corey Perry has signed a one-year deal with the Dallas Stars. Well, you know what? Okay. What's the term or the money on it? Do One they po- know? $1.5 million, which could actually end up being a steal for Corey that's Perry. That's really not that bad, all things considered. I think that's a guy that if he has a bounce back here, and I know that's a big, gigantic Sears Tower-sized if, but $1.5 million for a guy you can potentially you know plug into your top six, that's not bad at all. That's a good bounce back candidate, potentially. Yeah, I just don't like him and don't want him on the Blackhawks. Selfishly. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> All right, well, if you are ready to order your Andrew Shaw jersey 2.0 or your Calvin DeHaan jersey or your Olimata jersey, very few people want that. Uh, make or sure your you, Kirby Doc jersey. That's right, number 77. Make sure you uh, check out Triple Threat Sports for all your team outfitting needs, 708-478-6090. Hit them up, triplethreatsports.com. Or again, chris at triplethreatsports.com. If you can wear it, they can make it. Uh, yeah, it, it's, I think tomorrow's going to be really interesting. And I, I don't know, uh, I like this new format where they have the tampering period, quote unquote. So deals start rolling in early instead of like just the big bomb of news right at 11. Um, <laughs> but man, I, th- remember last year, the Hawks sent that email like 1101. The Blackhawks have signed Chris Kunitz, Brandon Manning, and Cam Ward. Ugh. And we're all like, uh, what? That, that's that? It? <laughs> that that was that's that. what you've got yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that was a very strange day and uh i still have my suspicions about that and i don't know if you read mark lazarus's sit down with coach quenville um but he said was it was it was it yeah it was lazarus right or lazarus or cook i think it was lazarus yeah lazarus sat down with yeah him. and q said uh something just real slick like oh we didn't do much before last season <laughs> just sort of acknowledging <laughs> that the Hawks is like, oh, you want to have a stay-at-home defenseman and a veteran scoring winger? Here you go. Here's Chris Kunitz and Brandon Manning. Yeah, he did kind of. Uh, Stan Bowman did kind of hamstring Joel Quenville a little bit with those moves. That was a set-you-up-to-fail kind of thing. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about Shaw the player before we take a break and move on to some free agent uh, discussion as well. Um, I, you know... I, I don't know if he's gotten better since he's left. The number numbers have gotten better. Um, I, I obviously don't see Montreal as much as I see the Blackhawks, but I feel like this is a guy who's probably in his prime, and I know he's played belts with some injuries for the last couple seasons, but a guy who plays that style is going to be a guy who spends some time on the shelf. You can almost count on it, right? Um, I don't know. I, I just what I love what I've always loved about Andrew Shaw is his versatility. And you can really put him anywhere, play him anywhere. And it just, the more I think about it, like when I first saw it, I was like, oh boy, oh my God, right? But then when I really started to think about the impact of the move, it just, it makes a lot of sense to me. It just checks a lot of boxes, like I said. And uh, it's not the most exciting thing. It's not the biggest name, but I do think it's going to have a positive, obviously a positive effect. But 
I think it's going to be better than a lot of people think it's going to be. Well, it's going to be a hell of a lot better than the Patrick Sharp and Brian Campbell deals, I would think. A lot of people yeah, today yeah. were just like, oh, it's just another e- example of getting the old band back together. Marcus Kruger, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, this is slightly different than that. This is going out and getting. This is more on the par of going out and you know maybe adding a guy of the caliber of Brandon Sod is more what this is. Now I'm not going to sit here and say that that's been an unqualified success because God knows it hasn't been. But when you look at the reality of the situation, that Brandon Sod is going to be making six million bucks a year the next two seasons, while Artemi Panarin in his dream world is commanding twelve million a season. Uh, just a second ago. Oh they boy, I can't wait to hear this. Columbus is trying to get back in the in the Panarin game. I saw up to thirteen million dollars a year. Okay. So anybody who still wants to come at me today and say the Blackhawks made a potential mistake with that, you really want an Artemi Panarin back for thirteen million bucks a season? Uh no. I, I no, don't I, I'm l- going look, to say no to we that. Ca- we have to be fair though and say they probably pulled the trigger on Panarin a little soon. They could have kept him around for a couple more years. That was a mistake by Bowman. However, if you look back on it, when it happened, it didn't seem like it would be that big of a difference between Panarin and Saad. I don't know if anyone would have predicted that Panarin would would have gotten as much better as he has since he left, and I don't think anyone imagined the big drop-off Brandon Saad had because from the day he stepped stepped foot on the ice with the Blackhawks until the day he was traded back, he was on an ascent in his career. It was up, 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 up. Every year he was getting better, getting better, getting better, then was traded for and had a bad year with the Blackhawks. And that cannot be denied. But I think if we went back and checked some of the Twitter receipts of people who really didn't, who are panning that move today, I'll bet a lot of them were excited about it when it happened. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it was not the worst return you could have possibly gotten for our Timmy Panarin. And as I'm sure a lot of people brought up at the time, there was that two-year gap in the contracts, and now the chicken's coming home to roost on it. And I know that Artemi Panarin is an incredibly dynamic scoring forward, and it's really hard to find those in the NHL. But is it really so hard to find that you're flirting with Connor McDavid-type money to sign a guy? Do you think I just can pa- mind-boggling can, to me? Can Panarin be the best player on a champion? No, I don't think so either. No, I totally don't think he can be. Yeah, I don't think so. All right, let's let's get into some of the league-wide stuff here in a minute. Let's take a break, and we'll come back and get into some of the the bigger stories that have happened today and look forward to some of the stuff that can happen tomorrow. We, as always, are brought to you by our friends at Marishka's in Crest Hill, 604 Theodore Street, family-owned and operated since 1933. We tell you about the steaks, the chops, the poor boys, everything there is absolutely fantastic. We've not given enough props to the craft beer menu which is outstanding. The bar itself is is visually beautiful. It's almost like stepping into a time machine when you go into Marishka's. You want to put your phone away. You want to sit down. You want to have a nice conversation with your friends and family over some delicious garlic buttered poor boys. About to say, before you jam your face full of food, you'll have a great conversation. Yeah, well, while you're waiting for the food, you talk, <laughs> and then no one talks until everything's gone. But go to Mariska's. You'll have a great time. 604 Theater Street. They're closed only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, so this week, and Thanksgiving. So go visit them, 604 Theater Street. When we come back, 
on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We're going to recap some of the moves from this evening that have happened so far. This Moves are dropping in almost every minute here, it seems, but we'll try to keep you up to date as best we can, and maybe we could try to add a couple names to the mix that the Blackhawks could look to add uh, come tomorrow when free agency officially opens. So stay tuned to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price. Just 25 bucks a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Exclude sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See Metro by T-Mobile.com. When the big wireless carriers start trying to get you to splurge your tax return on the latest nonsense this year, just tune it out. With Straight Talk Wireless, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199 on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Savings may vary. See straighttalk.com. Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We're talking about all things NHL, free agency, and all the moves the Blackhawks have been making so far this offseason. Before we start to really get into what the rest of the NHL has done and the potential impact it could have on Chicago, I did have a question for you, Jay, and it's one that I brought up in a five questions post that I put up on the Madhouse Enforcer blog on NBC this afternoon, and I'm really curious about it. It's does the Andrew Shaw deal, the money aspect of it, does that have an impact on the futures of Dylan Strome or Alex Dabrinkit with the Blackhawks? And the reason I ask is because the Blackhawks realistically right now, as I said earlier, have about probably six, 6.3 million something like that to kind of play around with this offseason. And that's assuming they're unable to move Artem and Isimov or anything like that. Is that a concern for you that the Blackhawks in addressing their depth may be kind of subtly pointing to maybe letting go of a guy like a Dylan Strom after the coming season? I don't know if it's so much the the Shaw thing as it is the Doc thing. That 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 the, the drafting of Kirby Doc are you going to have, and I would love this, by the way, are you going to have your number one, two, and three center all making big money? Because at some point you're going to have to pay Doc, and I know you can get by in the rookie contract for a long time, so you don't have to worry about it. So you get by on that for three seasons. Right, but I don't think so. I mean, because so tomorrow, which is Monday, June July 1st, if you guys are listening, we're recording this on Sunday night. Artem Anisimov gets a $2 million bonus, and then he's much more tradable. The no-movement clause goes away, and Hawks can move him anywhere. So a lot of people think that that deal will be announced tomorrow. It doesn't have to be, but sometime after that, they'll trade him for whatever they can, whatever picks they can get. Maybe they got to eat a million, whatever. We'll find out. But I think it's safe to assume that money's gone. So that and Shah are kind of a wash, right? And their cap situation right now is pretty good. Um I think that I'm not too worried. I, the whole way they've been talking and the reason they're maybe not going to go after one of these huge, huge free agents is because they want to bring Shaw and Strom back. Or, I'm sorry, to bring it and Strom back. And I think they're going to do everything in their power to do so. Yeah, the, the one thing that kind of concerned me is just the stupid money that's getting thrown around at free agents. And I know it's a little bit different when you're looking at guys who are hitting restricted free agency instead of unrestricted because you're just simply not going to make as much money. But it could 
in my estimation, prevent them from getting a big time long term deal done with either of those guys because they may want to end up cashing in on the open market. And the other interesting thing about it is what looms after that 2021 season, you know, the first year of their new deals there might be a lockout and you might end up having like a cap reduction or whatever you saw after the last work stoppage. Like, could that potentially play into their thinking about wanting to get locked into new long-term deals? There are a lot of variables at play both for the players themselves and for the Blackhawks. And so I was just kind of curious about whether the Andrew Shaw money aspect of things kind of changed the calculus a little bit on that. I don't think so. I think at this point, $3.9 million is so affordable in NHL terms and if if that if that's going to be the difference between signing those two guys then you just move it you just find a way to move it out right um or you trade two prospects or you or you or not prospects but like bottom of the roster kind of guys for picks right I think there's ways to get out for money like that it's when you get these unmovable deals <coughs> Prince Seabrook <coughs> sorry <laughs> something in my throat that's when you get into trouble because no one wants those guys no one wants that money um you know some teams will take on a bad contract if you make it worth their while in the draft, I've right? got a good, I've got a good technical NHL question here for you. Right. I know that guys cannot sign a new contract until they have one year left on their current deal. Can't if you're already under contract with a team, are you legally allowed to negotiate that new contract before? the league year starts like woods could Stan Bowman potentially have an idea already of what an Alex DeBrincat or a Dylan Strom is going to be looking for, for those contracts moving into next season. As far as I understand it. Yes. And I, who is the, was it, I think it was Panarin got his second deal with the Hawks. It was literally like a July one thing. And it was like, it's kicked in the, the following year. Correct. Yes. So, yes, they, I think you can. But I see, I don't know if that's different because he's an international free agent. There's all these sort of complications to the uh, CBA. Um, but I think that the, I think you can. I think if Stan Bowman wanted to go to Stroman to bring it right now and say, let's let's pound out a, a new deal. He could. But it's probably in those players best interest to bet on themselves and wait another year. Maybe Strom, not quite as much, because if you look at some of the peripheral numbers of Strom, he had a pretty lucky season. He's good. He played very well. There's no doubt about it. But I think it's safe to assume a drop-off from him this year. But to bring it, he's going to score 50 goals. I mean, think about his season this year where he scored 40-plus and had long stretches of nothing. When he gets to the point in his career where those gaps start to close, he's going to be scoring 50, 55 goals a year. And now the team is more talented? Man. I, I mean, if I'm if I'm to bring it, I'm not signing a second earlier than I have to. Yeah, I, I would think that especially in his case, you're probably right. But if the Blackhawks come to me with a just stupid offer, I mean, you kind of have to look at it. And again, with the prism of a potential lockout yeah. looming on the horizon, it's something that I would at least maybe consider if I were him. The, the lockout does change. It does change that a little bit, I think. I would have that in the back of my head. And that's the agent's yeah. job, you know, is to instruct these guys, like, look, because these guys know. They know. They have an, at least a pretty strong understanding of what's coming when the CBA does expire. And th there's got to be some sort of feel these guys around the league have for it. Um, before mm -hmm. we move on to some of the stories around the league, and we, by the way, we do have an update to the Artemi Panarin story that I'll give you in a second. Um Anders Lee, I want to – I don't know if it's totally, totally, totally out of the question 
that the Blackhawks sign him. That said, we could post this podcast and he can end up somewhere else <laughs> a second later. So this this right. whole statement could be null and void by the morning. So just you know, putting an asterisk there about that. But look, I have been in contact with someone close to Anders Lee. Um, he wants to be here, if not the Islanders. And now it looks like the Islanders are pushing hard for Artemi Panarin. Um, you know, they're they're active. The Islanders are active here, and it looks like they're moving on from Anders Lee. He wants to play here. It's believed that Minnesota is willing to offer him more money and more term than the Blackhawks. I don't know if the Zuccarello thing changes that, but the last thing I was told was that Anders Lee would play in Chicago for less than he would play in Minnesota. Oh, the other thing Minnesota is offering that the Hawks are not and can't is a letter on his jersey, specifically potentially the C in Minnesota if Anders Lee signs there. So Minnesota's got some more... They got a little more flexibility contract-wise, term-wise, and he doesn't hate Minnesota, but I think his his preference, from what I'm told, is to play in Chicago. So keep an eye on that. How big of a selling point do you think that the captaincy of a team really is? I think it depends on the player. Mm. He was named captain after John Tavares left and took a lot of pride in that and wanted to be the Islanders' captain for a long time, but the Islanders just apparently aren't interested and uh, I'm sure they're interested, but not at that, not at the price he wants. So he would love all things being equal. He would pick Chicago. I know that for a fact. But are the Hawks willing, looking ahead at their problems that we just discussed? Not problems, but their cap situation, as we discussed. Are they willing to give him enough years and enough money for it to make sense from a family and from a professional aspect? I don't think they can, but I don't think it's totally out of the question. Take that a off his sweater, my friend. Take it off, That's Seabrook. That's what you need to do. Take it off a of Seabrook. Do it. All right, so here's the latest on Panarin before we get to some of the signings of the day. Uh, this is from um, Aaron Portsline from The Athletic. I mentioned that the Columbus Blue Jackets are upping the ante, trying to get Panarin to come back. They So Portsline believes the Blue Jackets have put a massive offer on the table with Panarin's agent, believed to be eight years and at least $96 million. An average annual value of $12 million per season. The deal could be as high as $100 million or $12.5 million per season. Jeez. That's a lot of money, man. That's For a, a winger. I mean, Panarin's great. That is a that's a ridiculous money. That is a ridiculous amount of money. That's, that's, that's a too much, as Terry Borges used to say. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the term that I used yesterday for uh, like, I, it's like, that's just cuckoo to me. Like I cannot believe that somebody would offer him that much money. Literally. If you're talking 12 and a half million bucks, Jay, you know who else makes that much money? Some guy named Connor McDavid up in Edmonton. Yep. You're really going to tell me that Artemi Panarin should be making have the same contract that Connor McDavid has? Absolutely not. Look, God. I was wrong in my assessment of Panarin when he was here as a one-trick pony. I was wrong there. But the fact that I thought it <laughs> at any point should tell you he's not worth $13 million. I was wrong about it, and he's better than I gave him credit for when he was here. But $13 million, $12.5 million for Artemi Panarin? No. No. No, he cannot. He is not a guy that can carry you to a championship. He is not. 
it's he's a winger. You just wingers like are great, and it's so important to have a really, 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 really good one. But like you said, that guy ain't carrying you to a title. You could potentially have a blue liner that can really get you a long way towards it. I don't think a winger has that same push, man. I really don't. All right. I agree. Uh, by the way, t- I got to tell our friends uh, on the podcast about our friends at Rabbit Brewing and Homewood. We've taught you about them uh, all year round. They joined the podcast early this season. We're thrilled to have them. They're starting to distribute. They're starting to be uh, bottled around town. You can find them in some liquor stores. You can find them in some bars. Go to rabbitbrewing.com. Look up. It's always changing, always updating. Go to the website, find where you can find Rabbit Brewing, because if you don't live near Homewood, I know it's tough to make the trek. I'm out here. Call me up. We can go. Hit me up on Twitter. I'll meet you, Rabbit, anytime. But go there, support them. By the way, we had our uh, Lighthouse uh, Pride Festival in Homewood this weekend, and Ray from Rabbit was putting glitter in the beer, like edible glitter. It was really cool. It was like, I don't know, it was very subtle. If you didn't look closely, you couldn't see it, but once you noticed it, it was really, really cool. So Rabbit's a great place, committed to the community. They're a locally owned business. Uh, so check them out, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. We love them. They're our favorites. All right, let's update some of the free agent signings that we know about so far. Matt Duchesne to the National Predators, seven years, $8 million per. Corey Perry to the Dallas Stars, one year at $1.5 million. Matt Zuccarello to the Minnesota Wild, five years, $6 million per. I like that deal. That's not terrible at all. That's a good deal. Joe Pavelski to the Dallas Stars, three years, seven million. Uh, That's excessive. And it looks like Sergey Bobrovsky is going to end up in Florida, which is not a surprise. I think a lot of people are surprised that Panarin did not go with him. Um, yeah. But Panarin's not done yet. The, as of a couple hours ago, the Islanders were the favorite. But now, like we just said, we've got this new thing from Columbus jumping up, trying to bring him back. It's going to be really interesting. And if I'm an Artemi Panarin, why sign tomorrow? Why? Why rush it? Just let teams like uh, 12 and a half, uh, 13, 13 and a half, <laughs> and just sit back and just put your feet up and say, keep going. What's the max contract at right now? I don't know. I think it's a, like 14 million or something. Yeah, let's see. Let's like it's Google a percentage it. of the cap. I forget what exactly it is, though. Uh, Max contract is 15.9 million. Okay, so if Connor McDavid can't get that, I mean, obviously, Artemi Panarin is not going to get $15.9 million. No, nor should no. he. All right, what do you think of the Anders Lee thing? Am I nuts? Is this like, I don't know. I just don't know. if you Is got Chicago him, really still that like attractive of a destination for free agents? Well, he's got family agents? here. There's family here. Oh, okay, um, that that's, makes sense. That's part of it. Um, oh, man. If he, what about the, all right, let's, let's say this. Would you give Anders Lee the Zuccarello deal? Five years, six million. I think I would. That really that that eats up your cap space, obviously. Unless you are trading, if they're trading Artem and Isimov, then yes, I think I would feel comfortable doing that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that. Feels but you have given, to have it? that deal in place because you cannot, you can't let a team get you over the barrel if they know you have to get rid of that Artem and Isimov deal. I mean, obviously, if you're content going into next season with some extra cap space available to sign Strom or Panarin, if, or sorry, not Panarin, Debrinkit, if you want to, then you're in good shape. Like, don't let a team think they have you over the barrel that you have to get rid of that Anisimov deal. And in that case, I dig it. Yeah. Boy, man, adding him makes them 
really, really good. I think that really helps your roster if you get him in here. I really do. Yeah. That's gonna now, be really there, is, there is an interesting uh, little point that uh, somebody stole from me. I'm looking at you, adult haircut, Dave. Damn it, Dave. Tweeted us right before we started doing this podcast today. I was going to hit you with it. It was something I had noticed, especially now with the Artem and Isimov no-movement clause no longer being an obstacle. Did you know, Jay Zawoski, that when the Seattle, whatever they're going to be, are going to jump into the NHL fray and be able to have an expansion draft, the Blackhawks have a lot of flexibility on who they're going to be able to protect in that draft, unlike the last time when Vegas was the team, because you are only going to have, at this moment, four no-movement clauses, and those belong to Kane Taves, Keith, and Seabrook. Hmm. Is that part of the reason why they've been adding guys like Andrew Shaw and Oli Mata and Calvin DeHaan? None of those guys have trade protection on their contracts. Well, and, and see, the smart thing about that is when Bolquist is ready and when Bodan is ready and when Doc is ready, you're going to need those roster spots. You can move them. And I would think all of those guys, I would say Yokoharu, Bolquist, and Doc next year for sure. Okay, so let me. Okay, and this, by the way, the buyout up something. But, We've had several writers bring up what are the Blackhawks thinking with Henry Yokoharu? Are they thinking that he's going to be ready this season, or are they looking at potentially moving him? It doesn't look like he's going to be part of things this year, and I don't know why. <sighs> Unless there's a defenseman move, but you got Keith Seabrook, you've got Murphy, you've got Mata. You've got DeHaan, and you got Gustafson. And you have Slater Cuckoo re-signed, yeah. and you have Carl Dahlstrom re-signed. I'm not worried they about those guys. They made it a point to re-sign those guys. Yeah, whatever, though. I'm not worried about that. I, it's, It sends an interesting signal to me is all I'm saying. I agree. By the way, do you know the uh, if they buy out Olimata next year, it's only a $680,000 cap hit? That ain't nothing. It's nothing. So they've got some flexibility here. So I, I don't know. It, it's just I'm, I'm going back to my annoyance with the like everyone being mad about everything all the time. I swear to God, it could be like the Blackhawks traded for Connor McDavid and they gave up a seventh round pick and Brent Seabrook. I don't know. You know, this McDavid guy. Eh, it, it's like he doesn't single handedly make the difference. Like when like whenever Stan Bowman does something, it's bad. And it's annoying. That annoys me. Like. Someone wrote us on Twitter, like, what you should do is go through every movie he's ever made and write good or bad, and then at the end of it, you'll know if he's good. That's all well and good, but then bring me the sheets of every other GM that served in the NHL during Stan's tenure and compare it. Because Jim Nill, 100% best GM in hockey. Oh, off-season MVP every year. How many cups of stars have, by the way, in the last uh, 20 years? <laughs> what do I know? What do I know? I'm just a fan, as Murph would say back in the day. Hey, what do I know? I picked the St. Louis Blues to make the Stanley Cup final. You know stuff. That, Clearly. Look at you. Were you just you were just trying to like, you know, you were just trying to, to win some money and, and look smart. You didn't actually think that was going to happen. I hey, I thought they had with the hot streak that they had been on, I thought in a wide open West, why the hell not? 
You are so full now, of crap right now. I didn't pick them to win the cup, obviously. <laughs> but, You're... I mean, I thought, well, I thought the Bruins and the Lightning were better than anyone the West was going to throw at them. But that was my mistake, is that anything can happen once that final starts. All right. I'm going to believe you, and I'm going to give you credit for this. Because it <laughs> makes us both look better. Hey. Yeah. My partner, James, things. he knew. He knew, man. He knew it was going to happen. He's the smartest guy in the world. James I did not let great. my blind hatred of the Blues distract me in this pick, is what I will say. Yeah. But anyway, enough patting ourselves on the back here. I think we need to get down to brass tacks here. And the last thing I'm going to ask you before we kind of start to wrap this bad boy up is Henry Okaharu on the ice game one of the season for the Blackhawks? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no to, and that's whether he gets traded or gets kept in the minors. And I just, I don't understand the logic if they keep him in the minors. I think you either play him or you trade him. I just can't see him traded yet. It it's makes no, it would make soon. no Even sense it, to me, but I would much rather them make something out of that asset than have it waste another year in Rockford. Do you think they have already blown a chance to get the best out of it? Like should Probably. that have been done before yeah. now? They should have done it at the deadline last year. Yeah, see, that's way too soon for me. Because well, what we saw from him last year was it's a good player. He's not dynamic. He's not an excellent puck mover or an excellent skater or overly physical and big, but he does a lot of things draft. well. Yeah, that's what I thought. If you're going to trade him, trade okay, him at the draft. I, I'll, I'll change my answer to that then. I think you're right. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's Tomorrow's going to be interesting. It, it's weird that all this stuff is leaking out about all these other free agents, but Anders Lee is not. That's the one name that's not. Which he's makes, the Kawhi Leonard of the NHL. Well, really? But, like, maybe he's trying to make it work. Maybe he's trying to... Oh man, maybe I'll, I'll play for two million less. To, like, you know, what is it worth for him to play here? I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just you know wishing upon a star, thinking it's going to happen, and it's not. But I just find it weird that he's one of the big free agents available, and I've barely seen his name today. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Anyway, it is, it is interesting. Before You're we right. wrap up, got to tell you guys about our friends at Chuck Southern Coverage Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. I'd answer an email, but so much has changed since we've gotten an email that was like specific to a question about the roster. So hit us up, madhousepod at gmail.com. We're happy to answer your questions, but we're going to skip it for today just because there's been a ton of news since we've gotten like a very specific question that would be justifiable on a podcast. Anyway, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, Burbank, Darien, the best barbecue, the best Mexican, the best Cajun, everything there is outstanding. They've got the biggest beer selection I've ever seen in my life anywhere. You bring your family there, someone's going to find everyone you bring is going to find something that they like. So head on out, Burbank Darien, Chuckscafe.com. Go to Chuck's. Tell them we said hello. With that, we're going to wrap things up. James, anything you want to add before we wrap the show here? Um, just thanks to everybody for continuing to listen. We've gotten some uh, listener numbers for the last month. They have been absolutely insane. Yes. And I'm sure Jay has already emphasized this on the podcast, being that he's been able to talk to you guys a little bit more often than me lately. Stupid work schedule. So I want to also echo my deep, deep appreciation for everybody that's listened to the podcast, that's rated us on iTunes and Stitcher and all those other places. And 
you guys are the reason that we continue to do this. We're going to be going into it's our fifth season coming up, I believe it is. Yep. And it's just it's mind boggling to think that that's the case. But here we are. Yeah. Thank you, guys. We had over 60,000 downloads this month already, and that was just last week. So I, I haven't even checked recently. And that's how many we've had. It's absolutely unbelievable. Thank you, thank you, thank you all so much. We really appreciate it. But we do want to thank our sponsors. We just mentioned Chuck's Cafe, Marishka's and Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Triple Threat Sports, for all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. Rabbit Brewing, the time has come for you to drink mythological-level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. And, of course, Michael Elwood with Remax First Service. Find your dream home with Remax First Service. We thank Michael for his support of the podcast. With that, we're going to wrap things up. We'll probably be back maybe tomorrow, hoping the Blackhawks yeah. make some news and give us some uh, some big signings. If you've not already checked it out, I interviewed Blackhawks first-round pick Kirby Doc a couple weeks ago. It's good stuff. Still stands. Go check that out. But until the Blackhawks make some news, which could be tomorrow, we'll talk to you next time on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. It's time for some straight talk. Tax returns could look a little different this year. So when the big carriers start trying to get you to splurge on the latest nonsense, just tune it out. With Straight Talk Wireless, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199. Plus, get our unlimited plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune into Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Savings may vary. See straighttalk.com. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.